just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Marcus Show Bro, I am your host, as I am every time, Marcus himself. And on this snowy, snowy day, snowed in with my partner, Ryan. Ryan, buddy, how's it going? Doing good, Mark. <laughs> Doing real well. It's crazy. Day, like you said, but not at your house. Yes, not at my house. Still doing it through Zoom, uh, but both kind of snowed in safe. Uh, obviously, we still have internet and, and power and everything, which is fantastic. Uh, here in the Dayton area, a lot of ice came down for the majority of, of yesterday, uh, right now today, and then uh, now we've kind of transitioned to the snow. So um, luckily, we still have power. Luckily, we can still get the show out and going. Um, we have heat and all that kind of stuff, so can't complain too much. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but this is not a weather podcast. No. This is a sports podcast, not an NFL podcast either. But we are going to start in the NFL. This league never rests. Shocking. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, kind of alluded to it on the last episode, uh, Brian Flores. So uh, recently uh, was fired from the, as being the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, and a lot of things have come out. So uh, before I get your thoughts on it, Ryan, let me just kind of set the stage with what's yeah, going go on. It. Uh, it, it came out uh, on Wednesday that Flores uh, was suing or is suing uh, the NFL. He's suing the Miami Dolphins, um, the Giants, the New York Giants, and Denver uh, too. And yes, Denver, uh, and and for a number of different things. Uh, I, I believe now, if I if I misspeak at any moment, Ryan, please just cut me off um, and, and kind of fix it. But I believe the suit against the NFL is for overall unfair hiring practices. Yes. Um, and, and that kind of goes along with the, the Giants and uh, Denver, uh, where he felt in both spots he was not given a proper um, interview. Uh, and, and it was different cases in both, uh, kind of yeah. just feeling like being interviewed for the Rooney Rule, which we'll get into as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the Dolphins side of it is a lot more uh, his allegations that um, the owner who – remind me of his name real quick. Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross was offering – um, $100,000 per every game lost. he lost uh, mm -hmm. the year that they drafted Tua. Uh, the uh, idea was to go even up higher to get Burrow uh, at number one. Um, but uh, they ended up winning too many games down the stretch, the Dolphins did, uh, and got Tua, which I think was going into the year. It, that was yeah, their plan. The whole every thing day. was tank for Tua. Yeah. And then Burrow turned out to be the better prospect. And I think Herbert went. Was Herbert drafted before Tua? Um, I feel like Herbert was the pick right before. I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, so Tua was – yeah. So their plan almost worked Worked to – it worked, per se, with what they were trying to do. But they, it's not like they got in the spot where they were wanted to be sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, a lot of stuff with this. And, and I think that we can unpack this in a lot of different ways. And, and we're leading yeah. it off with the show because I, there's, there's a lot of things that branch off from this as well. Um, yeah. But – so he, here's my thing. Um, if it was no, it was no surprise. And we're going to get to another guy that was no surprise that uh, he was coaching a team that was trying to lose. Um, yeah. So in certain cases, you don't, you, you kind of have to put that aside and you're like, yes, this team is definitely trying to lose to get better picks. Um, mm -hmm. 
which we'll get to Hugh Jackson and, and kind of your yeah. thoughts with that as well, as he was tanking with the Browns at the time. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Flores is a good coach, and, and, and it's all wrapped into as well with this is the Bill Belichick text messages, which have you yeah. read? The, did you read the, the trans text yeah. messages? That's, he, that was so no, sad. I thought he was talking to Brian Dable. And yes. then he's like, ah, like, shit. He's like, my bad. I thought you, you know. Yeah, thought it was Dable at even before uh, they had interviewed Flores. So Flores mm-hmm. hadn't even gotten his interview yet, and it, it's just you could tell, like, just the just the sadness from Flores and the text messages back to Bill once mm-hmm. he realized that uh, yeah. he thought that he, he he had thought he had text Dable. So because um, it looked like he thanked him, and then he had to like reread. It's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you say Buffalo? I'm I'm in. Miami's like, are you sure you're talking to Brian Dable or Brian Flores? Then he or <laughs> Bill Belichick's like, ah, crap. You know, I, I, I fucked this up. It's like, sorry. I, yeah. I meant to go to Dable. Yeah. So it's that was sad. Um, and then well, that's you probably what kicked off this whole like invest lawsuit mm-hmm. slash investigation because he had Bill Belichick unintentionally gave him proof that his interview wasn't going to be taken seriously because they had a guy in mind. Yeah. And then uh, talk to us about the Denver stuff because you actually filled me in on that better than. Yeah. Uh, than what I had seen initially. So in t- the 2019 offseason, so after the 2018 season, he had an interview with Denver, and he just called it a joke, like just to get the meet the exception for the Rooney Rule. And for those who don't know what the Rooney Rule is, for every uh, coaching hire, you have to interview at least one minority candidate, whether black, Hispanic. And he just felt like the Denver just they weren't John O. It seemed obvious that they just weren't all the way there. Like they were out drinking the night before, and it just wasn't. He called it a joke, and he didn't feel like he was being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Even though Elway came out and denied that today, that he said they took it very seriously, and it, mm-hmm. which I'm not shocked that they denied it because why? Yeah. Why would you know? Why? Why wouldn't they? Exactly, and um, then they ended up hiring Vic Fangio, uh, yeah, with that job after. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, it's just, it, it's crazy. And, and wait, let's, let's stick on the dolphins for a second before we get to the other mm-hmm. two things. Cause I think that's the bigger, the bigger picture of it, it that I want to kind of hit on is this Rooney rule and minority mm-hmm. coaching in the NFL and all this kind of stuff. Cause I, I kind of do have strong feelings about it. Um, but I want to, I want to start off with the dolphin stuff and I never once understood why the dolphins moved on from him. I think maybe, yeah. I think, I don't know, a lot of what you hear from it is that he doesn't, not doesn't like Tua. He never really wanted Tua to be mm-hmm. the quarterback, and I think there's been a lot of animosity like because Herbert. of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been a lot of animosity because of that, and and I just, when when, when it was Black Monday and, and, and guys are getting fired and then you find out one of those guys was Flores, I was like, that makes no sense. Because he's had yeah. two separate seasons with, I'm going to be honest, teams that are not great. Um, no. And, and look and what his, he did with Miami this year. Like, mm-hmm. they were one and seven, then they won six in a row. And then what, what they, they finished with nine and eight. They finished with a winning record. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had back to back winning seasons. Yeah. Because he won 24 games in three years, which was a lot more than any of the other, you know, coaches who got hired. And he's, like, and he's, he had twice. He had, a, it was another time last year where they went on a run too. They won like yeah. seven or eight games last year in a row as well. And they choked the last game of the – they had to beat Buffalo last week of the season to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they got blown out. Yeah, so. which, which, like you said, is better than Miami has done in a long, long, long time. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, with, with with all of that, like the defense is there. Well, he's a defensive guy. Yeah. They were awesome. Like They, they were. They had that string of – of like something crazy, like 12 or 13 games in a row where they uh, were able to force a turnover. That is insane. That is insane, insane, insane. So like, obviously he has to be the head coach and he's got to be like, but so like, let's look at it this way. We don't overly criticize guys like Sean McVay, like uh, uh, Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah like Zach Taylor, like these offensive minded guys for the way their defense is played. You, you yeah. then you're the guy you go at is the defensive coordinator. Correct. You yes. know, yes. where, or like uh, Kevin Stefanski too, mm-hmm. for the Browns, yes. because it was always bl- fire Joe Woods sort of thing. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's, I don't understand, and I've never understood going after Flores for the offense playing poorly when he's a defensive guy. You should exactly. be going after the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, those guys. You know what I mean? Well, it sounds like he had three different offensive coordinators in three years. So it's almost like he couldn't find the, the right coordinator either. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a tough. Lot of times it comes down to who you, who you hire mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yes. Especially these, especially these guys that go from like coordinating to like either an OC or a DC and then become a head coach. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. have to have that perfect partner next yeah. to you that can kind of run the show on that side. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything to add with, with, as far as the dolphin stuff? Well, so his first year, that Dolphins roster was not good. Like, do you remember they played Baltimore week one, 2019? And Baltimore yeah. just ran them off the field. It was like 51 to 10 or like they destroyed them. And they lost really bad to New England the last week. And the, the Dolphins were on paper, like, to be one of the worst teams, if not one of the worst, like, ever. And Flores still found a way to – they started winning some games. Now, they only finished the season 5-11, and 11, but if you look at that team, like, compared to just to bring up Hugh Jackson, that Dolphins team was no more talented than the Browns teams Hugh Jackson first year is. Coaching matters. You can – the team might not have had a lot of talent, but he was able to get the most out of what he had. Mm-hmm. And he had a veteran quarterback like Fitzpatrick because, remember, they beat the Patriots week 17, which prevented them from having a first-round bye, and they lost to Tennessee in the first round. Yeah, yeah. And that's when it was reported that, you know, it was that year when Stephen Ross was about, you know, you're winning too many games. And when you're a coach and a player, you're like, you know, we're not going to – we're going to try to win. Like, mm-hmm. everybody – like, the players, they're all trying to win. The front office may not want them to win, but mm-hmm. everybody – like, you know, coaching the players, you're not trying to lose. Like, no, never, never. Because it's, it's all about – your next contract. And yeah. I say this all the time. Like, yes, in the NFL, would it be easy to tank? Absolutely. Just don't score touchdowns and let other teams score. And teams tank all the time in, in every sport. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's the NFL's fault. This is how they have the draft set up. They have it where the worst teams get the first pick. You know, and mm-hmm. the NBA's tried to add a lottery to prevent that, but teams still find, you know, find ways to tank. Yes. Where, But here's my thing, too. And, and if you try to tank in the NFL, guys are going to get hurt. It's not yes. like the NBA where you can tank and no. miss shots and guys mm-hmm. aren't going to get injured. If you actively yeah. try to lose, you will get injured. Like that just happens. Yeah. Also, the shelf life for all of these dudes is 10, maybe 15 years tops. Maybe. Yeah. So you have to yeah, maximize. Three years. Yes. So. You have to maximize that time if you're a yeah. player. So you're not going to actively go out there and try to lose. No. So it's just. It's a it's brutal just, game. Like It is. It is and, and and it, a brutal business too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if it comes out that these allegations that he's saying are true, that they tried to pay them to lose, uh, that is, that's going to. Well, he's going to have to sell, they'll make him sell the team. Yes. Stephen yes. Ross. And he has come out and denied it, but he did say that he will fully cooperate in the investigation. And the mm-hmm. other important key thing is he was basically trying to, um, yeah, what's the word? Um, I just left my mind. You're good. You're good. Uh, you're good. To meet on, with another quarterback. Oh, tamper. Yeah. I, yes. I, yes. There you go. And Flores said no. And then Stephen Ross tried to set him up with a meeting on his yacht and some other star quarterback. We can just assume it's Deshaun Watson because it was mm-hmm. rumored that they really wanted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Flores found out he just ran and got out of there. And he said that he's, you know, he doesn't play that way, which I have a lot of respect for him for not doing that. But, yes. you know, that's a really bad look, too. On Miami, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it's it's crazy that all this stuff is coming out, and it's you know it's it it is this way. Um, and I want and to Lewis on first take, and he told you know before he was the Bengals coach, he had what he called a sham interview with Carolina, where same thing. He heard they were going to hire John Fox. I mean, Caroline was like, oh, no, 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 that's not true. Like, it, it was like, on a, they were going to hire him that Friday, and they brought him out for the interview, and they still hired John Fox, as what the report said. So, yeah, like, so like, these things happen all the time. And mm-hmm. obviously, you can't make a team hire somebody, but I think what they want, they just want a fair shot sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so let's get to that. Let's get to the the Rooney rule, and and I thought I think you did a great job of explaining, and, and, and you put it in great words, like, 
you said the Rooney rule is broken, which it is. I mean, it is. It, 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 I, I don't most wanna... of these teams they have, they, have, they have a candidate who they have in mind, and that's the guy who they really want. And they're just going to interview Brian Flores just to meet the Rooney rule, and then that's it. They have their guy in mind, like you know Brian Dable sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you know you just can't make someone hi- like force them to hire Flores, but just give him a fair shake sort of thing. Yeah. And actually, did you know how Tomlin got hired after Bill mm-hmm. Coward was fired? Mm-hmm. Not fired. He retired. Yeah, after retired. I think the Steelers planned on uh, promoting Ken Wisenhunt, who was their offensive coordinator, the head coach, and yeah. they brought in Mike Tomlin. I think he was from he was was he is he a defensive uh, minded? Yes, he, he yes he he was the DC with. Uh... Uh, the Vikings, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. And he, he was defensive back coach for an interview. That. And when they brought him in for an interview, they Pittsburgh was just blown away by like how well he did. And they're like, we're gonna hire you. Like, yeah. so the Rooney it can work under the, the right circumstances, but and you know, and yeah. you're hearing more stories like one of the Steelers defensive backs coach, Tara uh Terrell Austin or something. Mm-hmm. He's you know. His agent said he got the same thing from Detroit a year back. And a lot of other coaches are probably going to come out and say, you know, we got sham interviews because of just teams are just trying to meet the qualification sort of thing. Yeah. And so I think that there is, and you, you, you said that really well, is that there's a bigger issue with it than just what we're seeing right now, because yeah. this is my take on it. And, and I may ramble on this, and this is not a holier than now take or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. The NFL overall is, I don't know, let's say 90 to 95% African-American, you know, whatever, minority color. Yeah. And it has been for years. It's been for 20, 30, 40 plus years at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. You cannot tell me that there are not qualified African-American men out there that can lead a football team extremely, extremely well. So it makes yeah, no absolutely. sense to me why out of 32 teams, there's one African-American head coach right now. That that yeah. it, that blows my mind. It really mm-hmm. does. Now, you have Eric Bieniemy, who is the hot name to get a job at some point, which I fully think he will be Kansas City's next head coach whenever that time comes. He He's just going to step a, up. Yeah, and, did he even interview with anybody this offseason? I now, don't think the so. Thing is, the thing is what hurt, kind of hurts him in some ways is – you know, th- when teams are looking for head coaches, he's still like the Chiefs are still playing. Mm-hmm. Usually, you have to wait till after they're done till I like, interview him. And sometimes teams don't want to wait that long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know how that has anything to do with it, but you know, the Vik- the Vikings are going to hire Kevin O'Connell, the Rams' offensive coordinator. Yeah, it sounds like you know, and they're still playing in the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that this has been an issue for this long, and we it's. How to put it without like sounding like a crazy person almost, but like there has been a track record of like these like African American coaches are really good in locker rooms, like especially yeah. the guys that have been there before. So, and I'm it's not like, to say Tony that, du- like players love Tony Dungy, yes, like I and I've been very critical of Tomlin, but Tomlin is like the player's coach, like, like yeah. almost to a fault, he's a player's coach. Um. And, and you get a lot of these guys, and it's not – it's obviously at the college level. It's not at the professional level. But now Notre mm-hmm. Dame with Marcus Freeman. Like the yeah. the absolute groundswell that guy got um, was insane. And, and now yeah. he's the head coach at probably one of the top five biggest programs in the nation. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. – um, so they I don't know. They have like the biggest brand in college football. Yes. Yes. And so uh, I, I think you're right. You can't. There's no way to force these teams to hire my. There's no easy solution. No, there isn't. But I think that you put it extremely, extremely well, Ryan, and they have to give these guys a fair shot. It shouldn't just be a you're the token minority that we're going to interview. It should be, hey, we're going to open this up for everybody, and anybody we interview has a shot. It shouldn't – but that's just – it's human nature. Like you said, they already have these guys in their head that they're thinking about hiring already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because every, everybody's trying to find the next Sean McVay. They're, you want to find, or Kyle Shannon, a young offensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't matter, you know, I don't know why Eric the Enemy doesn't have one, or Byron Left, which was a hot name, and I think he pulled himself out of the Jacksonville job for whatever reason. I, I just saw that today. Oh, so, really? 
Yeah. And Flores, you know, he's 40, so he's a young guy too. Yeah, he might be a defensive-minded coach, but mm-hmm. I still look, it's clear that his players play hard for him. I just think he, you put him in the right situation, he can get the most out of his talent. Yes. Coaching matters. And and in the moment the moment he finds an offensive coordinator that can yeah. fill the role to do what they need to with the offense, yeah. he's gonna have a good, good, good team. Because yeah. that his defensive his defensive has played, I would argue the the Dolphins have been top five, maybe even top three defense the past two seasons. Yeah, like that's how good they've been. They and literally think, like shut Lamar down, and mm-hmm. that that was a great Thursday night game when they played. But they yes. they have no running game. They're well, two was either hurt all the time or just I don't know how great their old line is. They have their receivers. I mean. Devontae Parker had a couple of good years, but he hasn't been that great the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Fuller just can't – the guy sneezes and he hurts himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Shout out so Irish. They, Go Irish. Yep. The guy's got speed, though. But, um, you know, their deep, Miami's defense was already great. It was just their offense that was holding them back, mm-hmm. it seemed like. And so that's that's been the big thing in, in, in the NFL recently has been the Flores drama and everything like that. And – and transitioning to go along with it, uh, we also got word Wednesday um, that uh, it came out Hugh Jackson. Um, and I'm going to kind of turn it over to you here in a second. So Hugh Jackson comes out and says he was also offered money to lose games with Cleveland. Um, yeah. and, and obviously you have a more um, uh, intimate uh, relationship with the Cleveland Browns and, and with all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, Go ahead, walk us through this. Okay, so he, he obviously claimed that he was being paid to lose games by Jimmy Haslam, and he claimed that he had proof. But then when he's on his, his ESPN interview, he doesn't even say that. He basically says, well, wait, like, I had no talent. to Like, I couldn't win with these guys. And he's not wrong. Like, that team was not very good. But he should have known when he took – he knew when he took the job what they were trying to do. The Browns were very open about this in, like, the media. They are going to more an analytical style. They had a four-year plan where they're – when he, he got hired in 2016, so after the 2015 season. So his first year was the 2016. Mm-hmm. In 2015, the Browns had the oldest roster in the league, and they won three and 13. So when Sashi Brown was hired, they basically they just tore it all down. They let pretty much go all their – key veteran players go who had a contract years and they were just they were tearing it all down they were trying to acquire as many draft picks and open up a lot of cap space that they could they weren't trying to win those first few years and they were very open about it like they said this plan is going to take some time i just don't understand what hugh jackson couldn't understand they were trying to uh, they were trying to rebuild Mm -hmm. basically full rebuild they were like they it was a full-on rebuild yes and they knew they basically said this is a process it's going to take time like and and obviously look Hugh and players they want to win games and mm-hmm. you know the Browns they had the number two pick they traded back with Philadelphia who ended up taking Carson Wentz and the Browns signed RG3 they also had Josh McCown and then they had a whole bunch of draft picks like they took Corey Coleman in the first round uh mm-hmm. and they had Cody Kessler in the third I like as a quarterback and he said trust me on that now yeah. the Browns they weren't good did they have a lot of talent no but they didn't win one they went one in 15 and they were also one in five in like one score games. Like their first couple of games, like three out of their first four games, they had leads late in games. They just, they just couldn't hang on. They, they, they just couldn't finish. So mm-hmm. the next year is 2017. And Hugh, keep in mind, Hugh and Sashi Brown, like the front office and the coaching staff, they were bickering the whole time. The Browns have been extremely dysfunctional since 99. So this is nothing new. Mm-hmm. And they, they made some big signings that offseason. They were, they were trying to be better than what they were the year before. Yeah. They signed Kenny Britt, receiver to big money. They signed Kevin Zeitler and J.C. Treader, two offensive linemen to big money. Um, and then what else did they do? Well, then they cut RG3, and then they cut Josh McCown because Hugh Jackson thought he'd be a better coach than he was a, a player at this point. But if that's the case, then why did you cut him? If he, he could just mentor some of your young, <laughs> yes. young guys you draft. Yeah. And okay. So before the draft, this is, I'm just going to get into detail. I guess the Browns, the front office, they wanted to take Mitchell Trubisky. Hugh did not want Trubisky. He wanted Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. He wanted nothing to do with Trubisky. And he went as far as he decorated Sashi Brown's office with 
nothing but pictures of Miles Garrett just to show how how badly he wanted Garrett. So they they took Garrett, which was the smart decision. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then as the season freak. went on, because the Browns also had the 12th pick, and they could have taken Deshaun Watson, but they traded with Houston. And Deshaun Watson claimed right because the Browns played them in the season, and Watson claimed that he got a text from Hugh Jackson saying, "Be ready," like thinking that they were going to take him. And he, he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I wasn't." You know, he tried. Mm-hmm. Hugh being Hugh, and obviously they were terrible because they had no veteran quarterback in the QB room and Deshaun Kaiser just got worse and worse and they had no other better option. And for a team that's trying to lose, as Hugh claims, I had to trade that line. Do you remember this? They, they, Jimmy has them signed off on a trade that would send a second and third round pick to Cincinnati for AJ McCarron, but the front office messed it up because they didn't submit the paperwork on time. So the trade yes. didn't go through. Yeah, I remember that. Which was really embarrassing, but it saved them big time because they that was a lot to give up for aj mccarron they got yeah. jarvis landry and like tyrod taylor for the next offseason for less money mm-hmm. and the front office and coaching staff obviously still bickering they ended up firing sashi brown they hired john dorsey who's a football guy mm-hmm. and basically he told jimmy haslam like you know this has practically ruined my career you know no one's gonna hire me after this and jimmy haslam said okay we'll give you an extra year a fifth year option you know, just mm-hmm. because you were losing so much, I guess, because he was mad. He had a four-year contract, and we saw Kyle Shanahan got, like, a six-year contract or something. Yeah. And then, you know, but John Dorsey did a good job of bringing in free – like, trading for guys, bringing in free agents, you know, drafting. They got Baker, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb. So they're giving Hugh Jackson an actual chance. Mm-hmm. He went three, two, five, and one and got fired. And then he's – where his argument doesn't add up is Greg Williams went five and three with the same roster. Like when you saying, oh, I was trying, they were trying to lose. They gave me no chance. Well, it's like coaching matters. He was able to get the most out of the roster when you couldn't. And players didn't like you. When he was fired, an anonymous Browns player compared him to Michael Scott. Now, yeah. you've watched the, have I yes. told you this? Okay. And for those of you who watch The Office, Michael Scott thinks he's a good boss, but in reality, he's not. So he clearly thought he was a good coach when, when he wasn't. Yes. He was getting called out by former players yesterday, like Kenny Britt called him a bitch on Twitter. And mm-hmm. then Deshaun Kaiser, when uh, he said the allegations are pain to lose, he tweeted, hmm, with the, this emoji, yes. hand yeah. on the chin. So what, what he was basically saying, he just made himself look worse. Mm-hmm. And he says the same things over and over again. He's trying to say, oh, it wasn't my fault. Well, look at that Dolphins team in 2019. They were no more talented than what the Browns had those two years. And they tried to be better in 2017 because they actually signed guys in the offseason. Coaching matters. That Dolphins team in 2019 won one less game than the Browns did with Freddie Kitchens. And that Browns team was 10 times more talented. Just shows you how much coaching matters. Yeah. And I think the difference is, is like the reason – because we've seen enough of Hugh Jackson. And I, I, it's not yeah. just Hugh Jackson's time in – Cleveland it was Hugh Jackson's time in Oakland as well when they were still yeah. the Oakland Raiders um mm-hmm. he's just not a great head coach he just isn't like in the he NFL he's very highly of himself mm-hmm. like it, it's a lot about like me sort of thing and he's yes. always quick to throw players and other coaches under the bus like he was so determined that he could turn Deshaun Kaiser into a starting quarterback even the front office is like this guy's got talent but he's very raw he needs to be developed and even his QB coach who was fired after 2017 was like, yo, he's not ready. And he was like, no, 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 I got this. I can turn him into a starter. And then he realized it's too late. Like, oh, shoot, we don't have Josh McCown. McCown was on the Jets that year. The Jets won five games. Like, yeah. And they beat the Browns earlier that year. And I'm like, I, I remember saying this at the time. If they would have kept Josh McCown, they could have won three or four games. Like, mm-hmm. They were like, they had some talent, not a lot of it, but they just had nothing. They had no proven winners on the quarterback position. Yeah, because they also cut Brock Osweiler for no reason, just because he wanted to start Deshaun Kaiser. It didn't save them any money, which mm-hmm. was like really, it was just like stu- like they only traded him to take his to take the his. It was a salary dump by yes, uh, yeah, Houston, yeah, and they got him a second round pick, which turned out to be Nick Chubb. So, but what basically Hughes just trying to say, you know, feel sorry for me, and he's he's the head coach of Grambling State when he would much rather be an back in the NFL yeah that's my read on it yeah and and the reason that we bring it up is it kind of goes along with the Flores stuff and and it him and Flores could not be two 
no. different head coaches. Like, they, like I, in Flores' lawsuit, it mentions like a handful of other minority coaches. Hugh Jackson's not on it. Yes. And they had RG3 on uh, ESPN last night after Hugh's interview. And RG3 was there his first year. He was like, I was, he was, he said he was confused by the interview because it didn't make what he, the, the, the president of the Hugh Jackson Foundation, some woman named Kimberly, I can't think of where the okay. last name was. She was the one throwing out all these allegations and she posted his um, the arbitration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. File yeah. against the Browns and which I guess you're now, that's not allowed to be a public info. So she violated mm. the deal, but he had no case. Like no. the Browns literally told, they were open. Like, we're not necessarily trying to win here. We're trying to get younger, mm-hmm. gain more assets. And mm-hmm. we should be better in a couple of years when those assets, when we get those assets. It was pretty like, you not understand what they were trying to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. They were one of the first teams to kind of use analytic, go all analytics, I guess. But like, ugh. and yeah. I told you, the front office wanted to hire Sean McDermott, and, and Sean McDermott was in on what they were trying to do. But Hugh Jack, or not Hugh Jackson, Jimmy Haslam said, "No, I want Hugh Jackson," and he overruled. So, yeah. dang, yeah. So it's just it. That's a whole mess that goes along with it as well. Um, I'm, I don't know if "interested" is the right word, but I think that's the only term I can think of in my head right now. I'm, I'm interested and intrigued to see how all of this shakes out with Flores in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I just want to know, are these allegations factual? Um, is there yeah. backing to it? I'm not saying I don't believe him. I actually kind of do believe Flores. I do. If, if, if I haven't made that, like, very well apparent. Because um, that's when they said it began to fall apart with between him and the owners when they were winning too many games in 2019. Yeah. And, like. It's like, dude, what looks, the hell? Like, like, yes. It's what the hell. It's a what the hell moment of you you play to win the game, right, Ryan? Herman, yeah, Herman Edwards, where are you at? Sort of. Thing. Yes. You play yes. to win the game. Yeah. I mean, but it's a flawed, it's a flawed process where the worst teams get the higher draft picks. You get your chance to draft the better players. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's no easy solution to stop that. And teams are still going to tank. Like mm-hmm. you just, there's really no way to prevent it. They're just the fact that he was offered money to lose games just makes it even look even worse. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like Jacksonville last year, you know, they obviously tanked to get the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Like there's no mm-hmm. way around it. Like Gardner Minshew might've been playing a little too well. Then they ended up benching him for Mike Glennon. Like mm-hmm. they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. It, it's and the so- fact that there was money on the, like that he's being like pay, trying to get paid to, you know, lose yeah. games. And-, and that's the difference. I think that's the difference is the monetary uh, yeah, the monetary change in, in and he in seems to have proof of, of money. You know, Hugh Jackson didn't. I mean, nothing he said was anything that he hasn't already said in the past. It's like yeah. every time you put a microphone in front of the guy, he it's just oh, feel sorry for me. I, I I was set up to fail. And was he dealt a bad hand? Yes, but he you got you got to make the most of what you got. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores seems that he did a much better job than Hugh did. Like yes, I guarantee you, if Bill Belichick were the coach of twenty sixteen Browns, they. That team, I'm not saying Belichick gets them to the playoffs, but Belichick could get four wins out of that team easily. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see how it how it goes on. And mm-hmm. uh, let's stay in coaching in the NFL. So yeah. this is a topic I'm sure we're going to spend a little bit of time on as well. Um, Jim Harbaugh, his name had been floated around NFL jobs. Uh, interested in in this Dolphins job before uh, kind of all this stuff has come out, yeah. um, had connections with the Vikings job and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then it it uh, came out uh, Wednesday um, night that he had told Michigan, Michigan he was going to back. return. Um, He's only returning because he had no choice because yeah. Minnesota never offered him the job. Mm-hmm. Like he had a nine hour interview, which is crazy to think about. Like how do you yeah. interview someone for nine hours straight? Uh, and, and then and don't Har- offer them the job, which yeah. is crazy. And Harbaugh was going in thinking that he had a shot when in reality, they never, I don't think they ever really wanted him. They just were maybe bringing him in just because the GM whose name I can't think of or pronounce. Yeah. I have they got, got from the Browns. Uh, you know, he just worked with him in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. And Harbaugh's, you know, he's almost 60. The new teams are trying to be go young and maybe a little analytical. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Kevin O'Connell is. 
and O'Connell was uh, Kirk Cousins' quarterback coach in mm-hmm. Washington's last year there too. So yeah. they have a little connection there. So I just I just think Harbaugh might be too old and maybe he doesn't want anything to do with analytics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Harbaugh's just the my way or the highway type of guy. Mm-hmm. For sure, he's a manalytics guy. Yeah. He, he's yes. Yeah. He he's more about the he's he's all football, no brains. Like we just we just play football here. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Which is what have you ever seen his interview that he does with Colin Cowherd? It's Mm-mm. summer 2015. It is so <laughs> Colin Cowherd ends the interview just because it was so awkward. Yeah. Like, Harbaugh's just weird. I, I mean, I mean, he is. He is weird. I think John is also weird, but he's just, he doesn't, I think he can hide it a lot better than Jim does. Yeah. Jim just kind of wears it on his, his sleeve. Um, yeah. here, here's my bigger thing with, with the whole with Jim Harbaugh. My mm-hmm. kind of take on it. I told you from the very beginning, from yeah. the very beginning, if he's floating his name out and he is taking interviews, there's no way he can return to Michigan. He yes, just there was can't. National Signing Day, like yeah. And I guarantee you had recruits who were probably panicking, guys who were enrolled early. Like, wait up, wait a minute. You're you said you're going to be here and you're not. Like, you know, we only committed here because of you. Like, he could, he was screwing a lot of kids over and screwing Michigan over potentially too, because, you know, all the good like candidates are like taken. It's like, who are you going to hire? Yes. Most people don't want to leave at the, like right around signing day. So it's either you throw a whole ton of money at Matt Campbell, or you mm-hmm. just hire someone from within. Yeah. But. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, so I don't, he, he was putting Michigan in a bad spot. And now yes. it came out like when he said, okay, I'm going to turn to Michigan. Then Michigan started tweeting out that they were elated and there were people within the program that were extremely happy he's coming back. Yeah. Here's, here's my take on it. I don't give two cares if the people at Michigan are, hired, are, are, are happy he's coming back. Because you know what? The people that are sitting in offices are not the ones playing the games. I care exactly. if the kids want him back. And you know yeah. what? These kids aren't stupid. You're right. No, like they're going to they're going to know and see like, hey, this guy was trying to leave here, like actively pursuing to get out of here. Why would I yeah. listen to him? Why, why am I going to follow that guy? Like Ohio State or Notre Dame, Michigan State can say, hey, he was considering leaving there. You can't trust him. Come play for us. You know, Mel Tucker, Marcus Freeman, Ryan Dave are like, we're going to be here for a while. You yes. know, come play for us. Yes. Paul exactly. Feinbaum said that this morning on uh, Get Up. And he's mm-hmm. right. And they're, one of their five-star recruits from this 2022 class, Will Johnson, said that he was, you know, kind of almost panicking because he's like, well, if Harbaugh's here, do I really want to be here? Mm-hmm. And he's screwing over almost his entire coaching staff because they could all be out of jobs and there's really nowhere that they could go at this point because mm-hmm. most jobs are filled. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I feel, I feel horrible. He wants to be in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I just – he's only back because the Vikings didn't want him. and. I don't think he could take the the, the Dolphins job because their owner Stephen Ross, ironically, is a Michigan man. Yeah, he was asked about Harbaugh after he fired Flores. He said, "Oh, I'm not going to mess anything up they have going there." Which mm-hmm. I'm, I doubt that. Yes. money talks. If you could get Harbaugh to coach your team, you'd take him. Sort of. Yes. Thing. Yeah, and I, it's and he's wanted so him in the past too. Mm-hmm. And it's strange. And I think that I think Harbaugh was like he does seem like a guy who he was so dead set on. I beat Ohio State. I made it to the playoffs. I won the Big Ten. Now yeah. I'm going to leave. Like, I'm going to get out of here on top. And now he's going to have to go back, and he's not yeah. going to have as good of a team. Like, no. his team is not going to be as good be, next year. It's already going to be hard to repeat what they did in general just because mm-hmm. Ohio State's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, like, with Mel – he hasn't beaten Mel Tucker yet. And Mel Tucker is doing an outstanding job mm-hmm. with uh, getting guys from the transfer portal. Um, you know, Penn State's always going to be there. Wisconsin's always going to be a solid team. But, yeah, last year was one of those years where everything just went their way. And mm-hmm. they don't have a tough schedule this year like they did last year. So he could easily win 10 games again. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. could help his case, too. He's, he has a tough – the Michigan job, it's so weird saying this. Michigan has a tough job, and Harbaugh has a tough job recruiting in-state yeah. alone, just because, like you said, Michigan State is able to get guys. Yeah. Ohio State is pulling guys from Michigan. 
Uh, Notre Dame probably can get Notre Dame is close to Michigan, so they're pulling guys out of there as well. Like, especially mm-hmm. the Catholic demographic of, of Catholic high schools in Michigan, they're probably pulling yeah. a lot of dudes from there as well. I mean, um, look, Alabama, I know Alabama got a five star in last year's class defensive line, like top player in the state. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, you know, there's competition everywhere, basically. Yes. Obviously. So, so, but, but probably most among big, big 10 schools just mm-hmm. because. Yes. Because, because, because a lot of really, really good athletes come out of the Midwest. Well, like what I don't Toronto. understand is Harbaugh doesn't even try. Michigan historically has recruited Ohio, like the northern, like northeast and northwest Ohio very well. Harbaugh doesn't even tr- like try Ohio. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. Like literally all the best Michigan players, which are literally from Ohio, like mm-hmm. Desmond Howard, Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can name many more guys who are from Ohio too that they've gotten. Which, yes. and, you know, you and when they were better than Ohio State, a lot of those players were Ohio guys playing for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's and so it's crazy. It's I, I, I'm I'm so excited to see how like I'm just everybody. so excited. I like as an Ohio State fan, we we want to mm-hmm. next year's gonna be the first game that Michigan will be playing in Columbus since 2018. It's been a while, and we're you know we're ready after last year. You like yes, we, we want to. And you know, you, you know how I feel about the Buckeyes. You just do. Oh yeah. I you know how I feel about the Buckeyes. I feel just as strongly when it comes to Michigan as well. I I'm not a Michigan fan at all whatsoever. I can't stand them. That's one thing Ohio State and Notre Dame fans can mm-hmm. agree on because we both are kind of rivals. I think Michigan definitely more because Michigan and Notre Dame have played more over the years. Yes. Yes. Um, so week one. Can't wait. Week one's gonna be fun. Week one's gonna be fun. Uh, and, and so I, I am interested to see how he does there. I just, I can't imagine being an 18 to 22, 23 year old kid, yeah. uh, player and saying like, all right, I'm going to buy in with this guy. Like, I, I can't, yeah. I, I, there's right. no chance I would do that. I would, I, I would be like, I don't want to be here anymore because I know this pretty, guy like, doesn't better, want to be like, here anymore. They had a, most of our best players are leaving because they had a pretty like, veteran team like a lot, a lot of upperclassmen um so he's losing a lot of like he's like aiden hutcherson david ojaba a lot of guys in their defense he lost his defensive coordinator already mm-hmm. who he rented one year from his brother and his brother said i'm taking him back basically <laughs> yeah 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 so it's but, it's i don't know i don't know it, it, it would be the most horrible thing ever to run his mouth like he did and then just say i'm out of here yes, and leave now and people were going to act like, you know, oh, he was so successful. Like he's literally had one good year. He has been a huge disappointment at Michigan. It took him seven years to finally get the job done, to win the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, go to the playoff, and it just yeah. shows just of what they put on the field against Georgia. They are still so far behind from competing nationally. Yeah, but I I think to be fair, there's only two other teams that can compete with Georgia and Alabama in the nation. It's Ohio Clemson State. and Ohio State. Yeah, that's it. And Clemson had a down year. Yes. last year. So. And and I don't I don't think Clemson is going to look the same next year as they. And Clemson had a down year, and they were like what ten and two, eleven and two. They lost the three game. games, but yeah. And Hugo, yeah. well, Hugo Lately was not good at all. Yes. Like, they really had no, they had a great defense. They really no pass game. But and and one of their two losses was, or one of their losses it was the first game of the year against the national champion. Like so. Yeah. I think that they were disappointing, but they were disappointing in the sense of they just weren't winning games like we're used to them winning games. Yeah, they, they didn't, um, they've been spoiled with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson, basically. Yes, yeah. Um, but, all right, uh, moving away from the league, we're not an NFL podcast. We're not. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're not. folks, we're not. <laughs> we're not. Um, moving away from the NFL, let's go ahead. Uh, college basketball, I have a couple topics I want to talk about when it comes to the hardwood uh, in college. Um, last night, I know you said you didn't watch a ton of it, so I'm just going to lead off with it. I watched uh, Wisconsin play mm-hmm. Illinois. Uh, Wisconsin has been – I don't know why, because they are kind of the Big Ten powerhouse, or, or historically have yeah. been like the Big Ten basketball powerhouse. I, for some reason, consistently, consistently forget about Wisconsin in the Big Ten – because they're just quietly really good. They're a lot like their football team, which is how they're built. Like their football team is based on power running and defense. Their basketball team 
They are a great defensive team. They, they, they're a great three-point shooting team. And they, they all have fundamentals, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I always joke, they have just a bunch of big white guys who can shoot. And they yes. can make their free throws. Like, yes. They're just a very well coach when they have Bo Ryan. And it, is it still Greg Gard who's their coach? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, yeah. They're just a very well coached team. And they always, they're always competitive. And, you know, they, they had their runs where they were in the final four back-to-back years. But they're still, yeah, every year you can always respect Wisconsin to be competitive. But the moment that they run into a team that is – wildly more athletic than them they, yeah. they struggle terribly yes. and we saw that last night the athletes to go with them yeah yes saw it last night against illinois uh they get kofi Cokeburn back which he had been out i believe two weeks three or four games something like that gotcha. um with an injury he comes back and has like 37 last night uh just incredible stat line um was getting to the line at the end of the game like wisconsin would close Close, uh, close the gap a bit, and then Illinois would just pull away even more. Um, and so that was incredible, and it kind of made me flip my mind on, like, if we get that Illinois, they're going to be able to compete with Purdue. And I still think Michigan State is a really, really good team in the Big Ten. Um, and and But it, it kind of showed, like, hey, if Wisconsin runs into a team that can – play up and down the court and is just more mm-hmm. athletic than them, they're going to be in big trouble, not only when it comes to the Big Ten tournament, but when we get into – NCAA. Yeah, when know. we get into the, the, the dance. So like You don't um, have to be a Power 5 team to have athletes sort of thing. No, no. Uh, and and we, we saw last year, I mean, with Oral Roberts, which breaking news. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you ready for this breaking news? Let's hear it. I bought an Oral Roberts sweatshirt. Oh, that's awesome. It's, you got to wear that during March Madness. I will. It's freaking sweet. It's my favorite thing. I, it should be coming today if, the if you know, they're still dropping off packages because of the weather. Um, mm-hmm. Got an Oral Roberts sweatshirt. It's sweet. It's awesome. It says Golden Eagles on it. Uh, I love Oral Roberts. Anyway. Um, I felt about them, but. Anyway. <laughs> because, and so that's why I brought him up. Oral Roberts against the Buckeyes last year. Like, mm-hmm. not only in the tournament can anything happen, but it feels like in college basketball, anybody can win on any day based mm-hmm. on absolutely the matchups and the athleticism and your ability to make shots and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and so I was, I was blown away by that game last night. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. I know it was in Champaign, uh, which yeah. was not an easy place to play. Either. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Orange uh, student section. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, that was, that was an amazing, amazing game. Um, we had brought up, oh, Purdue is the other one, uh, where, um, I've been watching a little bit. Purdue is Purdue. I don't know where to go with them because I think they are really good and defensively they're really good. And then the half court, they're really good, but they're the same way. If they run into a team that gets up and down the court, um, yeah. It's kind of, almost came back against them on Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, had, they had a game tying shot just to lose at the buzzer, which mm-hmm. I literally turned it on. The, I literally only watched the last minute of the game. And I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm just like, Jaden Ivey, like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on. And, 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 and two, of the games, two of the games that we had uh, on Wednesday, too, we kind of alluded to it on the last show. Texas, Texas Tech, that was just a wire-to-wire Texas yeah. Tech Dominated. Chris Beard's return just fired everybody. Like that atmosphere looks so crazy. It was awesome. The and student the section. Is, you see the student yeah. section when it filled up. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I saw like he's sitting in the front seat on the bus, and like they literally have to get a police escort to get the bus there because people are going crazy. And you saw him walking out of the tunnel with all the security guards and mm-hmm. just people. Like how often do you see a coach go from basically a rival school to another rival school? I, like I, in the same conference. I I likened it to if James Franklin left Penn state to be the head coach at Ohio state, like it, it would yeah, almost yeah, be yeah. the same thing because they're not like head to head rivals. Yeah. Yes. But mm-hmm. it is like a in conference rivalry. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and I knew the moment I saw the way the students were reacting in front of the bus, like you alluded to, uh, mm-hmm. I knew I had to take Texas tech and it was the right choice because that place was Texas Tech's still a good team. I mean, they're ranked higher than Texas, but they're a really good team. I think Texas is a, is a fraudulent basketball team this year. Uh, I kind of mentioned it when I kind of last week, you know, mouth spewed a bunch of college basketball stuff. Yeah. But uh, they're they're kind. 
I think Texas is fraudulent. I don't think they're that great of a basketball team in general. Um, yeah. I think they're good, but I think that you're playing in the Big 12 where you do have Texas Tech, who is really good. You have Kansas, Kansas who's really good. Oklahoma's going to have their nights. Baylor's going to have – Baylor is really good. Oklahoma gonna, State's still pretty solid, right? Oklahoma State's solid. And that's what so, – so I was talking to Matt. Shout out Matthew. Iowa State too. Uh, yeah, Iowa State's good. You don't – in the Big 12, you do not have an off night. You just no. don't. Like even no. Kansas State is a really – is. I wouldn't say really good. They're a, a good basketball team. TCU is a good team as well. TCU is insane, especially when they have to play. When it's at Texas Christian and teams are going there, it is they're they're insanely good. The court is it, weird. It's it hurts my eyes to look at, um, because it's a bunch of different designs and like grays and stuff. Um, gotcha. but TCU is a good team. Like you don't have an off night in the Big Twelve. You just don't. Correct. And Correct. and I think that. The Big Ten is very similar, mm-hmm. but Nebraska Absolutely. is Nebraska is awful. That's the only yeah. the only knock that would make me say Big Twelve better than Big Ten, other than the fact that the Big Twelve has like three teams that are legit title contenders, um, is that you they don't have a dud team, um, and and then you look at conferences like the SEC. Who let's get to this real quick. Uh, we just said Baylor. Baylor's awesome, mm-hmm. right? They are yeah. a really, really good team. Lose in the Big 12 SEC tur- uh, challenge, challenge this past Saturday. To, I love how they do those. I love those so much. I wish football the Big 10 did it. is great too, yeah. I wish football did it so bad. Yeah. That would be so awesome. Just like week three is Big 10 ACC challenge, and you just match up and they play. That would be freaking sweet. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Alabama hosts Baylor and beats them pretty handily. Like it was never, it was close early on, but Alabama was able to, to win pretty like, you know, convincingly at the end. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday, they go out and just don't even show up against their rival Auburn, which Auburn is really, really good. And I, I want credit for saying early in this season, Auburn is a good basketball team. We're an Auburn basketball podcast. Like we are. We are. I'm gonna pump. I'm gonna pump my chest all year long. So when I watched them when the season first started in like October or November, I was like, "Hey, Auburn basketball is really, really good. Like Bruce Pearl is a good coach, and yes, what they're is. able to do is really, really impressive." Um, and I want my kudos for that, and I'm gonna keep saying it out loud till I get it fully. Uh, but they, uh, Alabama goes out. They don't even show up. So I don't know what to make of Alabama. Um, you used a great term for them to begin the beginning the episode. They're wildly inconsistent. Mm. Um, they they have the athleticism. Yeah, they, they got don't, talent. They don't play good defense. Uh, so you know you have that, and and so I just don't know what to make of the SEC as well. Like Florida was supposed to be a top team, and they struggled with Mizzou, who's awful yeah. the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so. It's just crazy, and I know we've gone in a hundred different directions at this point. So I kind of have to bring us back real quick, um, unless you have anything else about any of that. How about those flyers? We got I got to talk about UD. They That's, blew out yep. VCU last night mm-hmm. UD, on the road, on yeah, the road, which, which is, is a place where it's not easy to win. Mm-hmm. You know, they're finally they're finally starting to put it together. It looks like because dayton's are very you know they're the second youngest team in the country so obviously they've had some growing pains so it seems like now they're starting to learn they found the right rotations and they're guys are learning how to play together like deron holmes he's a force he's gotten yes. better as the season's gone on yep i think anthony grant is figuring it out and i think he is yeah. a really really good basketball mm-hmm. coach i think yeah. um i don't know who they have next on the schedule but i don't know i they're, know they're like tied for third i think in second behind davidson in the conference yeah and i was and gonna bring up davidson too davidson is a Tough team, team right now. They're yes. really good. What is 17 or 18 straight that they've won, which is incredible. Yeah. They were ranked um, 25th. I don't know where they are ranked now. Yeah. So let me look it up. Let me go, see, let me go right check that actually. While, while you're looking that up, I'm going to look up uh, Dayton's next game. Um, I'm looking but, at the schedule right now. I got you. UDs? They play at St. Louis on uh, Saturday. Okay. So another tough game coming up this Saturday. Yeah. Um, they beat St. Louis. St. Louis earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah, and they got Saint. They got Saint Louis, uh, Duquesne, uh, who they already beat George Washington, mm-hmm. Rhode Island at Rhode Island. 
And St. Louis is going to be a tough one because St. Louis is, is third right now in the A-10. Yeah. Um, so if Dayton can, can win that game, they kind of uh, get a little bit more space. But uh, overall record, they're, they're about four games behind Davidson. And Davidson just keeps rolling, which is tough. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think if the Flyers can keep playing this way, and my biggest critique of them has been the fact that they start games off super well. And then they cannot close games out. Um, well, that's but, the, the fact that they're a, no, they're just a really young team. Mm-hmm. Yes, they drive out of the top. 20. Yeah, they're not ranked anymore. They must. Did they lose? Davidson might have might have lost or something because they're no longer ranked in either poll. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. I got gotcha. you. Let me click on. Hold up. Dang it. I got bracketology. Absolute great radio. This is fantastic radio. <laughs> um so it, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how Dayton if they continue to get stronger yeah. as the year goes on mm-hmm. um or if uh they have they have to win the a 10 they want to make it in you know those those three early losses in November are going to hurt are going to come back to bite them I mean they've got great wins over Kansas Miami mm-hmm. and Belmont but mm-hmm. if they could beat Davidson last game of the season that'd be great too because I, you know, I think they, they can beat anybody in the A-10. Mm-hmm. And they have a talented enough team. I think they can match up well with anybody in the country. It's just – it all comes down to consistency. David, uh, Davidson lost to VCU at home on January 26th. Okay. So, yeah, a couple of games ago. Uh, but then they were able to beat St. Bonab- Bonaventure uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and then Saturday's the next game against George Washington on the road. Um Yeah. So yeah, they've only they've only lost two games. The only other loss was to uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it will be interesting to see if the if, if how well the Flyers do uh, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're right. Against Davidson to then going into the A10 tournament. Uh, but the, I mean, I've been impressed by them, and I think, like I yeah. said, I think Anthony Grant is a good coach. I think that. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he gets a lot out of his talent. And I think, like you said, you, again, I keep giving you props for, for your words you're using. Growing <laughs> pains was a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Because they have, like, 12 freshmen on the team. They don't have any, like, actual seniors who contribute at all. So they should get most of the team back yeah. next year. Yeah. And, and if not add a couple transfers either. So. Yep. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to update with the Flyers, of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You got anything else you want to add in, buddy? Uh, I think we got it all. Yeah. Um, so not as much NBA talk. We talked a little bit about the NBA before uh, we started recording, um, but I'm still getting my feet wet with the NBA to start this year. Uh, and so I, I, I just don't have a ton I can talk about with it. Um, I know Utah won last night by four. I did, I did see that. Yeah, had their live halftime spread of three and a half. That covered, which was awesome. So I have that. Uh, and trade de- and, deadline's coming up here in a week. So we'll see if Ben Simmons actually gets traded. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nets continue to slide, yeah. which is just a whole nother. They're I a mess. I mean, obviously, yeah. without KD and Kyrie can only play half their games. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And, and I, I've heard this imagine Nets playoffs game seven in yeah, Brooklyn on the, like yeah or in you know or a finals game in like you said in San Francisco against Golden State like what do you do yeah same thing yeah like it's like <laughs> Kyrie can, he's he's kind of hurting the team like, yes yes he is um but hey stand up for what you believe in I guess Kyrie that. yeah stand up for what you believe in I guess um yeah, I mean, well, yeah. that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Yeah, and the Cavs are good. Yes, they are. The they Cavs lost are to good. Houston last night, but they're getting there. I mean, what's the what's their record like in the queue? They playing well at home? Yeah, actually, they put their record in my, actually a tad bit better on the road. Actually, really, so they're a pretty even team when it comes to. <laughs> they just play hard every night, and some certain teams. The Cavs are very gritty, and certain teams just don't want it. It's a long season, so there are certain nights, certain teams are going to be like, we can't do this, so you're mm-hmm. just going to out, you know, out-hustle us sort of thing. Yeah. They play good defense, too, don't they? Yes, they have one of the best defensive teams in the league, which is funny because the past few years they've had one of the worst 
Uh, they've been one of the worst defensive teams in the league the past few years, and mm-hmm. just Mobley and Allen have just made a huge uh, difference for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but all right, Ryan, this was fantastic. Uh, getting everything out there. It was a good, different show. Really didn't talk about a ton of straight on sports, more sports news, which I think was good. Um, but anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, remember to download, subscribe, rate, review, do all those things. Be safe. If you're out there getting hit by this winter storm, like we are, uh, don't, don't go out in it. If you don't have to, uh, stay at home watch sports, watch college basketball, watch the NBA, do all Mm -hmm. those things. There's plenty of stuff you can do here. uh, And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Thanks for listening.